Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, everybody? Dr. Andrew Fix back for another episode on The Code. Again, as you know, I'm with Physio Room Performance-Based Rehab Facility here in Denver, and I just really appreciate you guys being on here and listening to this. I think we've got another awesome interview lined up for you guys to check out today. I'm with a new friend of mine, Evan Ritt, with a new shoe company called Tolos. And um, Evan, I'm super excited to have you on here, man. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. My pleasure. Um, very brief amount of context for you guys that are listening to this. Um, those of you that know me, we've had some other minimalist barefoot style shoe company representatives on this podcast before. I'm a big fan of those types of shoes. Um, you know, in my opinion, that's the only type of shoe there, there really should be because um, a lot of the other shoes out there, they really do some crazy things to our feet. But I was participating in a yoga class uh, a few months, or excuse me, a few weeks back and had a really awesome experience with the instructor. Started talking to her afterwards about the shoes that I was wearing and she really liked them. And she said, hey, you need to talk to my friend Evan because he's starting a shoe brand very similar to this. And I think you would really like those shoes. So a couple of weeks go past. Here we are recording an episode on the code. So Evan, would you do me a favor? And you know, I know a little bit about your background from our last conversation, but would you share a little bit with the listeners, like who you are, where you came from, and and how we got to having this conversation? Absolutely. Um, so my name is Evan Ritt. I'm from Lakewood, Colorado. Um, I grew up here, um, and I was a hockey player. I I played since I was a young age, um, and then I was pretty good. I wasn't. Um, a top tier blue chip recruit, but um, I was always a pretty good player um, and ended up playing in college. I played here at the University of Denver, um, which is one of the top college programs. And the so that was, yeah, exactly. It was an amazing experience um, just being around such elite people and elite um, kids at that age for um, to, to be my friends and my teammates pushing me. Um, and then my senior year, we won a national championship. That was a huge, um, that was a huge year for me just personally, uh, um, just to be a part of a team that won and to see what that culture was like. It, it shaped me um, and taught me a lot about how to live a life and be a, a good person. And ultimately, a lot of the things that Tolos is and represents are derivations from what I learned from that. So. Um, I would love to get into a lot of that stuff too. For sure. And that um, I went and played. I was able to play a couple of years after. Um, I played a year in France and then a year in England. Um, and in that time, I just got really interested in my own health and um, was simultaneously getting a ton of injuries. My body basically fell apart at the end of my hockey career. Mm -hmm. it, um, and so while I'm learning about health, um, I start experimenting on myself and um, I started to learn about things and I heard about barefoot shoes and I actually, I mean, I love health um, and I love sort of the holistic uh, spectrum of health mm -hmm. and, and I was never really a sneaker head or like anybody that was that interested, but um, I just found that there weren't good barefoot shoes in my opinion there there was um, a lot of options but they were just coming up short and so i sat in this market for years wishing that there was a really good barefoot shoe um, especially uh, one that was made for athletes um, performance wise and then looks wise too and eventually i just decided that the direction of each of the companies that were currently in the market um, that they weren't going to they weren't going to get where I wanted to get. And so um, I felt like somebody was going to do it right. Um, but nobody was going to do it like me. And so I wanted to just start. And uh, yeah, so uh, we're launching in December. 
I have the shoe here. Um, this is our first shoe right here. Um, and you can see it's just a very simple design. Um, and what makes a barefoot shoe is the wide toe box um, that's anatomically correct, where the big toe is the highest point of the shoe, where most barefoot or most uh, non-barefoot shoes come to a point in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's flat, zero drop, which actually I'm sure a lot of your audience already knows a lot, a lot of this. Um, and then lastly, it's thin and flexible. So it moves anatomically. So I just tried to make a cool shoe that had those features. Yeah. No, I think that's great. And and like you said, hopefully most of the audience, especially if they've listened to some of the previous episodes, they totally understand what you're saying. However, hopefully there are also people listening to this that this might open their eyes a little bit uh, to what we're talking about. When was it, Evan, that you um, you know, started this kind of path or journey to like, when did you change your footwear and start getting more into this barefoot style um, approach for yourself and wearing them? Yeah, so I've been... Uh almost exclusively barefoot for the last three and a half, four years, probably mm -hmm. my first pair, um, in college, my trainer, Matt Shaw, um, he got us, um, at, at school, you get a bunch of workout equipment, um, like clothes and he got us a pair of new balance minimus. So yeah. that was pro probably 2013. And it was funny, all of the guys, um, we all talked about how they're the most comfortable shoes ever. Everybody was obsessed with the shoes, but they just looked ugly. They were yeah an all black trail shoe. So nobody really took it seriously. Mm -hmm. And then, um, after I graduated in 2017, um, and I was in France and really getting into the health stuff and I started to learn about the barefoot shoes. Yeah. It sort of clicked. It was like, Oh, that's what those shoes were. They, they were just a wide toe box and a thin flexible sole. Yeah. Just didn't look that good. Yeah, for sure. And I think that point that you bring up is, uh, an interesting and important one this kind of uh, intersection or crossing of aesthetics and performance uh, in, or aesthetics and the look and the function of the shoe, because I, I would totally agree with you. And that sometimes is one of the barriers that I encounter when I'm trying to encourage clients of mine or friends or family or whatnot to start to move more towards this style of footwear is I feel like they understand the function in the rationale and what I'm trying to explain to them. And, and they feel the difference, quite frankly. However, they don't like the way that a lot of them look. And, um, you know, we were just actually having a conversation out here in the gym a few days ago with one of the clients who um, has now purchased two different brands worth of these shoes. He likes the way the ones look better, but he likes the way the other ones feel and perform better. And he's like, but ultimately, I don't like the way any of them look compared to some of the more you know, popular shoe brands out there in the market, the Nikes and the, the whatever. So I think, you know, I think trying to mesh those two things together is really important because I think that is going to be one of the ways that we can start to really spread this message to more and more and more people. And, exactly. you know, to give just a little bit of a background on, you know, these types of shoes haven't been around forever, right? <laughs> you know, obviously people, humans evolved, not having footwear, and then the first types of footwear that humans had were just things that were meant to protect their feet from the cold in the heat, in the terrain, right? And, you know, it's just like little sandals of like basically nothing there, just something to protect your foot. And then what I remember hearing on one of uh, my last interviews was one of the reasons that we started developing shoes that had more of a thick heel on them was because we were riding horses in that thick heel relative to the front of the foot helped the foot stay locked in the stirrup a little bit better because the stirrup blocked the uh, blocked by the heel of the shoe. And then that's the way we just started making shoes. Maybe narrower shoes look a little bit more uh, visually pleasing. You know, wider shoes maybe don't look as nice. But these are the only types of shoes that I wear now. And I can't even put on some of my um, dress shoes that I used to wear or, or athletic shoes that I used to wear because my foot is so uncomfortable when I put those on now. Like... I was playing softball this uh, spring, summer, and fall, and I was wearing a pair of football cleats that I've had for like five years. And those shoes at the time, you know, when I bought them, they didn't feel too narrow, but my gosh, they feel so narrow and uncomfortable now because I've been wearing these types of shoes basically exclusively for the past handful of years. So I'm totally on board with um, the message that you're sharing and the the information that that you've got here. So yeah, I just commend you for bringing another another option for people into the market, trying to mesh that intersection of performance and looks. Because 
that'll get a lot of people interested. Exactly. And to circle back on that, there's a couple of things I wanted to sort of expand on there, but that, so your first point was um, how you're, you're talking to clients right now and you're discussing the benefits with them and they can connect with the performance benefits, um, how it may help them mm-hmm. live healthier lives. Yeah. But there's this barrier to entry. For sure. Um, and a lot of times when I talk about, I want to make a good looking barefoot shoe. Um, part of that message feels like it's coming from a vain place. Um, I want to make a, a good stylish shoe, but really what it's, where it's coming from. I mean, obviously I want a cool looking shoe, mm-hmm. but sorry, excuse me. No, you're good. <clears throat> but like you were talking about, what I'm trying to do with this is lower as many barriers to entry as possible so that people will just put them on their feet because I think this is one of the biggest health issues in the world um, for people who are wearing shoes like this in in developed countries where people have shoes like this. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't see, I've heard Stephen Sashin, who was on this podcast before, I've heard him um, quoted a bunch that you don't see a lot of podiatrists in um, like third world countries. Yeah. um, But to get back to the point, if there's a lot of people who um, have been following along with me and they're saying, if you can, if you can execute this, I'm all aboard, but I'm just not willing to try yet. And a lot of people so far are, I mean, um, one of the main inspirations look looks wise was an Adidas ultra boost. And you can kind of see that in the, um, this sock top around mm-hmm. here, just to have, um, a shoe that you can wear casually, um, with athleisure. My goal is that the more time you spend in this shoe, it's going to be the better for you. So if I can make this as applicable to as many situations as possible, then it's going to have the maximum um, positive impact. And then the next thing you're talking about was putting on these old shoes and clays. That's, that's an area that that needs a lot of disruption too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's funny how that happens, how, how once your foot feels a shoe like this, um, yep. You go from this place of, of you don't recognize that there's this issue going on and then your foot feels this and then it's almost impossible to go back. You feel claustrophobic yeah. um, and you, you just can't perform this and your, your foot feels like it's locked in this position. So for sure, for sure. And that's, that's been the biggest thing for me is like, I can't go back because I know the benefits of staying in this type of a shoe or, or like even right this minute, I'm not even wearing shoes right now. Um, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't even have them on, but, um, that's another yeah. thing with this is, um, a tagline is, is that I don't even want you to wear this. I only want you to wear this when you have to. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. When you need yeah. to protect your foot from something. Um, exactly. but yeah, it's like so many people can probably relate to if you're used to, you know, think of like a, um, successful entrepreneurial or professional business woman, typically, right? Someone that you might picture wearing a business suit, a dress, high heeled shoes that are super narrow, tall heel. They crunch your foot in there. They squeeze your toes in there. What, you know, what one of those, those ladies doesn't look forward to when they sit down at their desk and they're in their private office, or they get back to their house taking off those shoes, right? And they just kind of rub their feet and they feel their feet and they're like, oh, it feels so good to get out of these shoes. If that's you, whether whether you're one of those people wearing the high heels or just like whatever shoes you're wearing, if you are really looking forward to and excited to take those things off, that's probably an indication that that shoe is not best serving your foot. And Evan already alluded to the fact that um, a lot of the, foot issues, the plantar fasciitis, the bunions, the whatever, neuromas, the things that a lot of people in this country and a lot of developed countries around the world deal with is in terms of like foot dysfunction are not nearly as prevalent in a lot of the countries that don't have the same type of footwear as we do in the same type of lifestyle as we do. So, you know, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that is a you know, if it's a, like a nature versus nurture thing, it's it's the environment that we put ourselves in. The environment that we put our foot in creates the opportunity for those things to arise and to happen. 
And if we can start to get back in touch with the way that we evolved using footwear like this, we can start to mitigate and decrease the prevalence of a lot of those things over time. I totally agree. I totally agree. I think um, that's my goal is that people can just start to try some of these shoes, get your foot in a wide toe box shoe. And um, that's another area that uh, barrier that I was trying to address is I felt like in shopping for barefoot shoes for the last four years, the toe box, the shape of this toe box has been crucially important to me where a lot of these companies that are making barefoot shoes and I'm all, I'm all about their brand. I support you. I support your mission, but their execution is poor on the shape. That's, that's one of the biggest ones where this will be pointed or it'll be too narrow still. So I spent a ton of time on this and when you're wearing this shoe, it doesn't look weird. That's, that's part of the things people say like, oh, they're, they're sort of clown shoes. It's, um, it's just like an odd shape. And that is the case for misshapen shoes when these companies aren't making that good of a, a shaped shoe. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hoping that people will see this shape and be more excited about trying it. What's going on, code listeners? Dr. Andrew Fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Element. Element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Element's offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place. And uh, I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. You and I talked about uh, two weeks ago or whenever that was. I'm excited to try the shoes when, when they come in. You already sort of mentioned this, but I think it's awesome to connect with you at the time in uh, Tolos's evolution that we are. So you are very much like in the birth of this, you know, of this brand and of, of this uh, business. When did you start this process of like the development of the business and of the shoe and, and starting all that? And then I believe you said that the launch officially is like about to happen in December. And we're, as we're recording this, it's just about to be Halloween. So talk us through that process just a little bit. Yeah. So that's been a, a fun part of it too, is this whole entrepreneurial thing and the whole logistics um, puzzle that I've been working on. Um, so I've been thinking about it obviously since about 2017. Um, and then I finished playing in 2019. I got a job um, selling software and it was this corporate stiff job. And, um, while I'm doing it, I just couldn't stop thinking about this idea because I was, I was still wearing these shoes. I was still working out hard. Um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't getting addressed and pandemic happens. And, yeah. um, I don't know really what the big push was actually. Um, now that, now that I sort of think of it, um, there was another company that popped up here in the Denver area and they were trying to do sort of what I'm doing. And this is the summer of 2020. And I reached out to them because I was so excited and I really wanted to get on board one of these teams that's building this. Yeah. Uh, and I go and check out the product and the founder wasn't, didn't have any barefoot shoes, um, wasn't wearing barefoot shoes. Um, wasn't an athlete. He, he just didn't really understand. He was coming from another, uh, he was a designer at another, um, mm -hmm. footwear company. And it just blew me away that somebody was taking this on with, with so little connection to this market. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, I'm, I'm doing this because every, it, everybody's messing this up in my opinion. Um, so, so then serendipitously, I got connected with this woman who's starting a running shoe company. Um, and she sort of explained the whole process to me. Um, basically you, uh, design the shoe, um, you work with the designer and you create a tech pack 
And that's what you take to the factory. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a detailed um, PDF that they can make their plans um, to, to make the shoe in their factory. So um, she connected me with the designer and I started working with him in November, 2020. And I was still doing my other job. And so, and I, I, I wasn't even sure. I was like, am I really going to do this? But I paid him $10,000 and I was like, all right, this is a good enough start as it is. Um, so yeah, we start working together and we, it's just a lot of back and forth collaboration about like, I, I recorded a 30 minute video with all my shoes, all my barefoot shoes, all my um, old regular shoes being like, I love this feature about it. I really want to incorporate something like this. I, mm-hmm. I want protection here. I, I love the soul of this. Um, so yeah, that process ended up being a nine month process. It could have gone faster, but um, it didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> ended in um, in about August of 2021. And we had our finished tech pack. And um, in that time, the designer had introduced me to a couple sourcing agents. Um, basically, if you're going to work with a factory internationally, you have to have an agent that handles that relationship for you. Mm-hmm. So I, I found um, these two guys who used to work for Nike and Adidas. Um, they're sort of industry veterans. And um, they, I just connected with them the best. They were sort of, um, they were looking for, for startups and um, sort of smaller operations. And so it, it just worked. Yeah. Um, so I started working with the factory in September of 2021. And uh, basically then uh, um, you start, there's a phrase in shoemaking, uh, the last comes first. And yeah. do you know what a last is? I do, but I would love for you to explain yeah. what a last is in terms of shoes. Yeah. So a last is basically a ceramic foot that determines the shape of the shoe. So um, when they're making the shoe, they surround all the material, the the mesh um, with, with that. And so you have to be very specific with the shape of your last because that's the way that the shoe is going to be shaped. So we took a couple months making that I was, they were sending um, the files over and I was getting it 3d printed um, to save money and to cut some corners there um, wherever I could. Um, And then once we had the last finished, that was probably December of 2021. Mm -hmm. So a little under a year ago. And then we started making the shoe and it took us probably eight to 10 iterations and I'm extremely particular with a lot of the details. So I was sending back every single time I had pages of, of updates. So, and, and honestly, still, this is only version 1.0. There's a ton of updates that I want to make to it, but um, it's, it's sort of our minimum viable product. And so Mm -hmm. we're ready to rock with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And you know, what's kind of cool is to hear, you know, I'm sure this happens with almost every business, but you know, this has been like a five year long process, right? Like, it's not like you just thought of this one week and then oh, boom, here we are six months later, we're, we're ready to roll. Um, you know, this, this takes a long time. I know you've spent hours and hours of time and energy, um, you know, mental effort. You've probably spent tens of thousands of dollars, like trying to bring this to life. Um, so I just think it's awesome to kind of hear that that process or that timeline. And then, you know, looking at your site, it looks like you can go on there and you can pre-order things. Um, When, when do you expect, and I know, you know, the world is crazy with shipping delays and all that stuff, but like, when do you expect that um, potential customers might actually be able to get these things on their feet? Yeah. So the, um, the production is done with the shoes. That's a tough part about footwear is, we placed the order in July um, and the first orders for 2000 pairs of shoes. And it basically took from early July until October 26th um, to make it. So two days ago. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it's going to take with the supply chain, like you talked about, it's going to take roughly two months to get here. We were originally told 45 days. The original timeline was that our launch would be, about December 1st, Mm -hmm. depending. Um, but we had some production delays, so it's, it's looking probably closer to the new year, which isn't terrible. I just have to communicate that with, um, with the audience, but yeah, it looks like it's going to be right around the new year. We're hoping 
before the holidays. Well, new year, new you, new pair of shoes for you guys. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, um, you know, that, that, that is always a, uh, a nice present for myself is buying and unwrapping a new pair of shoes. Because, you know, if you ask anyone in my family, that has always been a, a thing that I am very passionate about and that I have a lot of, I have so many shoes. Um, and this has been a bit of a process for me as I make this, as, as I made this transition from traditional style footwear to more minimalist barefoot style footwear, where I've basically replaced every pair of shoe that I own and wear, but I still have most of the other ones and they're just taking up space in my house. So, um, you know, maybe I'm going to try and sell some of those to people who are not ready to jump on the bandwagon to this, to this style yet. Cause there's definitely still a lot of life left in those shoes. Um, it's hard than, to let go of them. Oh, it's, it's so hard. And, you know, quite frankly, I started this journey of barefoot shoes. I just saw a gentleman in our clinic, uh, yesterday wearing a pair of Lems shoes. And that was the very first barefoot style shoe that I ever wore was the brand Lems. And, um, this was in 2015, 16, one of those, um, good job. Good job. And however, once that pair of shoes like started to wear out, you know, I was wearing them all the time. I'm wearing out the bottom of it. The only reason that I didn't continue to wear those shoes was because of looks. And I went with other shoes that I thought looked cool. And I was like, wow, these are super stylish. I'm going to wear these other brands of shoes. And then about three years ago, I started to get back into it. So, you know, 2020-ish, early 2020 as we're getting close to 2023. So, um, so yeah. It's funny it's, how that happens. It was similar with my the New Balance Minimus mm-hmm. um, that, that I had. And then... Um, and I just didn't even quite think of it. Like, yep. um, I, I made note of how comfortable it was on my feet, but yep. just, just the style. So that gets back to our original point of if we can lower as many barriers as possible in, in the biggest barrier in the barefoot world right now is the aesthetics of it. And people are a little shy to admit that, like, um, not people who aren't wearing barefoot shoes, people who aren't wearing barefoot shoes will, will gladly tell you how ugly they are. Yeah. But people people within the community like um i found that like reviewers and um just fans of, of barefoot shoes that were talking about them they because they align with the mission of these companies so much and, and they just want to see the movement progress and help more people mm-hmm. they they give more allowance to companies for their looks and so like reviewers are giving shoes like nine out of 10, like 11 out of 10. They're so good. And I just sat there the whole time and I was like, it's okay to be honest. It's okay to say these shoes don't look good enough because if you don't, then there's not going to be a change and we're not going to actually get good looking barefoot shoes. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I get that. You definitely, you know, I like to tell people, uh, even if it's not the one that you want at that time, feedback is a gift right? Feedback allows you to either continue doing what's being positively reinforced and to make constructive changes off of feedback that, you know, suggests that, Hey, there's some improvements to be made here. So feedback's a gift nonetheless. Um, speaking of mission, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, can we get back to that? I I wanted to make a, a note on the feedback. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so that's a big part of this too, is that I really want to make this an interactive community. And I, and on my Instagram, I'm extremely active. I reply to every DM and I'm really trying to make this a community. And that's one thing that I think a lot of these, it, it's just sort of the evolution of business now where um, you really have to have this relationship with the customers. And it's not like we make this great thing and here you have it. Um, and I think that's, what's going to give us a lot of success is that people are going to feel a part of it because the barefoot community, as much as they love these companies, they're getting frustrated with, with how rigid they are with some of these things, with, with the aesthetics, um, with some of the choices that they're making. Mm -hmm. And so if I can make this a company for the, by the people or for the people, by the people, um, I think it will resonate with a lot more people too. And that just lowers another barrier. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, one of the reasons why uh, you and I probably connected so well, because obviously the the practice and the business that I find myself in um, 
it's a relationship business, right? Like I get to spend tons of quality time with the people that I have the opportunity to work with. And, you know, notice, notice just in the way that I said that, I didn't say with the patients or with the clients, I said with the people that I get to work with, because they're humans first and they're clients of ours, you know, second or third or fourth, um, because they have a lot of other things that they, they do and they represent as well. Um, but that's probably one of the reasons that we connect so well. One, we're, you know, we're both local here. So that's really cool. And, but two, it's, we're working with humans, right? We're working with people. We want to build relationships with people and then all have beneficial success as, as a result of that relationship. So I think, you know, I think that is awesome. Which I think it, sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. You're good. Um, which I think is the obvious, um, evolution of healthcare is Mm. that it's become this, this really, um, like the interactions have become so transactional Mm -hmm. and what's going to really help people and what's, what's going to win out in the future is, is actually caring about people. And and in your case, actually taking the time to treat people and understanding why they're having these issues, why they're having these movement issues, how, how their sleep is, how their diet is, how, what their interaction, um, with the, during the day is like, are they sitting all day? Yada, yada. Um, and for me to, to do a, a very similar thing of what kind of footwear are they wearing? Um, what kind of job are they in? Um, how can we, how can we get that their, their whole life optimized rather than just be, being like a, here's a pill, this will fix it. Yeah. 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 That, that definitely isn't, isn't going to fix it. Um, so going back Evan to, you know, we started to talk about, you know, a lot of times people, people will align with the mission or the vision of a particular organization, but then they sometimes still get frustrated with other things on the execution of how things happen. So, and I remember when we talked before you had told me that part of the evolution of this, this, uh, company Tolos was, you know, kind of an evolution that you had within yourself. And as you started to, to learn more about yourself and understand things, that's some of where this comes from. And I think we were sort of starting to touch, touch around that, but would you sort of explain what I'm talking about there just a little bit? Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that, that really is sort of the broader mission of Tolos is, um, as I started to, think about these concepts and and started to understand um, the missions behind these barefoot companies. So um, to, to take a step back, what a barefoot shoe is, is a a wide toe box um, being completely flat, zero drop is what it's called. And then thin and flexible. And what that does is puts you in your most anatomically correct position and sort of mirroring nature is a huge theme of the brand. Um, and as much as you can spend time in patterns that are natural, um, you are able to, uh, it it just helps you. I, I like to think of our bodies as instruments, really, um, rather than, rather than necessarily, um, individuals, we are instruments of, of higher consciousness. Um, I know that may sound crazy to some people. Um, but the way that I like to think of it is if you can tune your instrument, the better you can tune your instrument, the better it will be able to receive messages of genius and the better that you will be able to transmit messages of genius. And the way to tune yourself is to align with these laws of nature. Um, and so we are putting ourselves out of position at our base and that puts us physically out of alignment. And so therefore spiritually, mentally, we have a capped um, potential. And so if you truly want to maximize your human potential, you need to get yourself in physical alignment, mental alignment, spiritual alignment. And those aren't separate boxes. Those It's all encompassed under um, the laws of nature. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And there is something, there is something to be said for being in proper alignment, you know, whether we're talking about, like you just said, whether we're talking about physically or whether we're talking about your spiritual, emotional, mental health, all these other things, there's something to be said for being in alignment. And I think everybody, you know, 
regardless of what your spiritual and emotional practices are and everything like that, I think everyone probably can feel the difference between when they are when they are feeling in alignment with their self and their being and when things feel out of whack, right? Like I think we can tell the difference between those two things. Stress is obviously an easy word to relate to. You can tell when you are stressed and things are going haywire and it just seems like nothing is is lining up and when you are not stressed and things just seem to fall in place a lot better. There is there's reasons for those things. So, no, I th- I think that's awesome and I love to hear just in your voice and your story, the there's obviously a huge passion behind the project here, and um, you know that's what oftentimes to me is like I would never. You were saying a little bit ago, there's some other organizations where the the CEO or like the the head person in the organization isn't even like wearing these types of shoes, and then they're like trying to sell and promote these types of shoes. Like I struggle how could you promote something that like you don't do or invest in yourself? Um, unless there's exactly. like a really good reason for that. And in shoes, I think it's really hard to find a really good, find a good reason for that. But yeah, I, I would struggle to find myself promoting and repping and recommending things or products that I wouldn't do myself. So obviously that's not the case in your story. There's a huge passion behind this and a huge purpose behind this. And I think that is, just huge fuel to the fire um, to make this thing continue to go forward. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that you um, feel that in me. I am extremely passionate. You and, um, you my and friends I. and family would, would say it probably borders on obsession. <laughs> um, but I, I totally agree. And I'm, I'm doing my best to, when I see these brands, like when, when I saw that brand um, and just interacted with them, I'm doing my best to try to think long-term with this and to, to not be impulsive with, because it's so frustrating for me when I see these companies who, I mean, basically I can't think of much of a many more reasons of doing this. If, if you don't truly understand it other than just trying seeing a hole in the market and trying to make a buck, um, and I can't, I can't, uh, be too hard on people. I mean, everybody's, everybody's trying to get by and do their best. And, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of these companies, in my opinion, they see between 70 and 90% of, um, of the sort of vision. And just as a person, I'm trying to, to not hold it against them that maybe they, they aren't looking where I'm looking and and realistically, it's a great opportunity for me to, um, to, to tap into, um, something that I view it, something deeper in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to be patient and, um, rather than be frustrated with them, I'm just trying to, to take it as an opportunity for myself to, to help the world in that way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. I love it. And I'm super excited to try out the shoes. Um, I still haven't decided though. Do I want white ones or do I want black ones? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. In, in my opinion, you should go with the whites The I've never been a black shoe guy. Um, and so yeah, the whites, I, that was really a part of it too, is that in the athletic barefoot shoe space, um, there's, in my opinion, there's really only the, uh, Vivo barefoot primus light shoe is the, is the only good looking, um, athletic shoe and especially white shoe. There's like zero makes a pretty good, a a pretty good shoe. I just don't, I don't like the look of it that much. Um, yeah, that's all right. Everyone's got preferences, right? Exactly. That, and, and that's part of it too, is that is I'm trying to bring an attitude of, um, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you see this and you can make your own decision. If, Mm -hmm. if, if you, want there's all these other brands out there um please try them out and especially before i launch please please get in there and and find something you like um and if you like mine too that's great and i think a lot of people will like mine (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and it's funny that you mentioned that specific shoe because when i got back into the barefoot style footwear realm about three years ago that Vivo Barefoot White Primus Light Shoe is exactly the one that I bought. So, and I have worn those things so much. They're not white anymore. And, yeah. um, you know, yeah. I've worn them, I've lifted in them, I've 
um, worn them out and about around town. And I think it's interesting or not interesting. I think it's, um, relevant that you mentioned, you know, like athleisure and stuff earlier in this episode, because the athleisure kind of look is taking over the world for sure. Like, you know, and maybe, maybe there was some of that that came with the pandemic where, you know, we are doing things a lot more often remotely. We're, we're having a lot of flexibility in our day going from, from work to play to home, home life, back to work. And, um, or maybe it's just because you and I find ourselves in a super active place like the Denver, Colorado area. And athleisure is a very popular style around here. I totally agree. Yeah. And especially like I came from, from a hockey locker room where everybody was wearing Lululemon. Um, and so that was a big thing is, is I'm walking around in my Lulu joggers and, and um, all my athleisure. And I was like, I need a shoe that, that I can wear with these because um yep. And, and that sort of gets to a broader point where um, the people wearing athleisure are the athletes um, and a lot of other people too, obviously. But that's one thing that I felt as, um, as I'm training, I'm in the off season, I'm in the gym training hard and trying to maximize my training and looking for every edge I can. I was looking at these companies thinking, you guys, are, you guys aren't even looking at athletes and athletes are the, are should be your core demographic. Um, because, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stereotypes around athletes, um, being sort of jocks and and being sort of dumb in a traditional sense. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit in front of you and tell you I'm any sort of genius. Um, but what I have noticed is athletes rather than having articulation skills, um, just because, an athlete's genius comes out in such a, in a physical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, I feel like these barefoot companies are looking at athletes um, and they're sort of thinking like, I don't know if, if it, if they can really connect the dots with this, but really they should be looking at these companies saying, these are the guys, these are the people who are so connected with their bodies. And that is where their true genius is, is understanding mechanics um, and how things truly feel and, and being connected with, yeah. with their feet. Um, and, and that's who we should really, really target. And so, yeah, I, I just felt like there was never, never any sort of um, like messaging or the products weren't really being pushed towards athletes. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how I think that we can help the most amount of people is it is I have obviously a ton of friends who are still playing hockey. And if I can get these in as many locker rooms as possible, then athletes start to see this and they start to feel the benefits and they start to, um, to sort of preach and spread the message. And once athletes are wearing it, then that's when the movement really happens. Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with you. And I think, you know, athletes like myself, I definitely appreciate the the push this direction. And honestly, I don't think you have to look any, any further than, you know, like so many people, I have um, a Netflix profile and account. And I recently watched the and one documentary and and one as a brand continued to like boom and grow because athletes, the people that the rest of the population was watching and paying attention to started representing that brand and it started to grow. And, and yeah, if, if you can get the, obviously sports are extremely popular and there's a lot of other things that are, that are popular too. And not everybody um, finds sports as their cup of tea, but the fact remains that sporting events, particularly the largely televised ones, think of like the Super Bowl, right? How many people watch that? Right. Like if you can get things like this, that could be so beneficial uh, on a broad scale for people in front of a lot of people's eyeballs, that could only be beneficial. Right. And I would love to see brands like this or any of the other ones that you and I have already mentioned, you know, like go try those too. But if we could get these types of things in front of people as opposed to, you know, chips in fast food restaurants and soda and thing. And I'm trying not to name any particular brands, but you know, like things that we all know are not beneficial for us that are unhealthy for us, or instead of commercials for pain medications and, and topical things that, you know, we just put on our body or we put in our body that like, we know 
is not good for us. Um, but they just have a lot of money behind those things. If we could get these types of things to replace some of those, I think that would be so cool. And I look forward to, day, to the day when uh, when hopefully that happens. I totally agree. And honestly, I'm optimistic. I think that that I think that the tide is is turning in that direction where people are starting to to sort of see the light a little bit. And so, yeah, I I would love that if if um, in five years I could be a, a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Um, where a lot of people saw it and um, and were positively impacted by it. And honestly, I, I think that that's going to be sort of a trend where like right now there there's the Hoka's, the chunky um, like streetwear shoes. Thick shoes. Yeah, exactly. And, and trends, trends move. Um, and so I think that the next trend is going to be minimalist shoes and um, like listening to it's a, it's a little intimidating, obviously, like, um, going into the, the footwear industry and making a shoe that, that was part of my hesitation with starting this is I was like, what, what am I thinking? Like, am I really going to compete with Nike? And like, like, how am I ever going to beat Nike, Adidas, Puma, New Balance? Like, what am I thinking? Who do I think I am? Um, and, but then listening to guys like, um, Steven Sash and, I don't know if he said it on, on your podcast, um, but I've heard him talk about it on podcasts where these companies are, are actually going to be faced with a difficult decision where um, if the trend does move back towards a more minimalist shoe, mm -hmm. they really have staked their livelihood on these other trends and the consumers are going to lose trust in, in their message. So yeah, it, it really feels like, there actually is a really amazing opportunity for companies who are who are going to champion that this movement um, and really message the right way for for them to overtake these companies. And yeah. Um, yeah, one of the things that I remember him saying when I had that conversation with him, and I I think this is basically what you're getting at, and I think it's totally true, is that a lot of the individuals in uh, CEOs and whatnot at those companies, the shoe developers, and whatnot, they agree with a lot of the stuff that we're talking about. However, like you said, they've staked their claim and they have put their stake in the sand so firmly that like they're almost doubling down on like we can't go back on that now because we'd be admitting all of the stuff we've been preaching for the last many, many years is wrong, is incorrect. And like we can't do that because it would it would just show that everything else is false. However, one of the things that as a consumer makes me really passionate to like stick behind a brand or a company or whatever, or just people in general, right, is the willingness to continue to adapt and to grow and to learn and, and have the freedom um, to change your mind or to change your opinion based off new information that has been presented to you. So like I really respect when people will change their mind on something and admit, hey, I used to be really strongly this way. And now because of this information that I've learned, now I start to believe this other thing. Um, you know, that's that's how hopefully all of my colleagues in my profession, uh, physical therapy are like the way that physical therapy was administered 30 years ago. My gosh, I hope I don't see any of that stuff in the clinic these days, because we have learned so much more information in healthcare and in science and about the body and how we can positively impact people that what you were doing 20 years ago should be so far different than what's happening now. Um, and people and companies that can adapt, admit mistakes, change their plans, change their, their uh, trajectory based off new information. I really can get behind. So, so yeah, I totally I, agree. Yeah. You sort of saying I, that. I totally agree. Um, I, that, and that's a huge goal of mine is to, is to establish a culture within the company so that there, there is this level of communication. Cause that's really what it is, is, is a lack of communication. And then the, the brand just distancing from the truth. And you're a hundred percent, right. What, what a, what an amazing thing when you see a, a company say, Oh, this is what we've been doing. And we noticed this, we're listening to this. We're going to change and listen to you. It's like, you can't help but just love that brand and at least have respect for that brand. So yep. yeah, I totally, I totally agree. It's, it's, um, but it's also too, like it's, it, it could just be a function of 
growth and um, like operations at scale, like mm-hmm. it's very, very difficult to manage things. So I for do sure. have sympathy for, for those organizations too. Although um, if we were having a private conversation, I, I would let you know that I think a lot of those companies are acting cowardly with, with how they um, are unable to admit their, their wrongdoings and make changes. Yeah. So I'm trying to act brave <laughs> yeah. and inspire yeah, yeah. other people too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I think that's an important piece. And yeah, by no means am I suggesting that for especially one of those massive organizations making a radical change like that would be easy. It would be extremely hard. But but I think it's uh, I think it's worth taking the taking the risk and taking the opportunity um, to to make those changes. So I mean, I think the only thing left to do is to get a pair of these Tolo shoes on on our feet, everybody. So uh, Evan, as we wind down this episode, um, where is the best place? You know, you talked about building a relationship with people, building a community. Where's the best place for people to find Tolos, whether that's on social media? website, whatever, whatever you want to share, how can people get in touch with you guys? Yeah, perfect. Um, so our website is where Tolos, W-E-A-R-T-O-L-O-S.com. Um, and we're still build, building that out. Um, we're a work in progress. I'll, I don't want to come to you and, and make you think that we're, we're perfect from the start. So, um, yeah, that's the website you can pre-order now. Um, like we talked about earlier, the shoes should get here at the new year, new year, new you. Um, probably the most fun place to interact with me is on Instagram. Um, I'm super active on the Instagram at Tolos, T-O-L-O-S. Um, yeah, posting memes, um, just posting whatever I'm doing. Um, and there's a lot of fun interaction on there. And then um, I have a little bit of a TikTok following um, at Evan A. Ritt. And that's sort of the trend now is for for founders of companies to to sort of show stuff um on the tiktok so i'm gonna build all that out too but yeah that's the main thing the website the instagram and then the tiktok (laughs) awesome awesome you guys all those things will be linked in the show notes for this episode so be sure to go check these guys out when you get a pair of these shoes be sure to put them on your feet snap a picture and tag Evan and tag Tolos on all of your social media platforms so that you can spread the message um, of getting yourself into some barefoot footwear. Again, for everybody that listened to this, thank you guys so much. What we sort of talked about before is building relationships, building a community, and that's exactly what we're trying to do on the code. So if you heard something in this that resonated with you, if you've heard other episodes, it would be so cool if you would go leave us a review, provide us with some feedback, tell us about things that you want to hear and learn about. And we'll make sure to make that happen. So go leave those reviews. Really, really appreciate it. Evan, thanks again so much for your time coming in and talking to me, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, I got to get you shoes soon. Sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. You guys, we'll catch you all next time on The Code. Stay tuned for some more awesome conversations and have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.